from the Summer Skate Studios behind the Mask Hockey Shops present special edition of College Hockey Southwest Live from March 24th, 2022. Tonight's scheduled guest and guest host, Nick Maxson of Husky Productions. Behind the Mask College Hockey Southwest Live is brought to you by Peterson Toyota, college graduate, member of the military, and you might be eligible for a special rebate or discount. See us at petersontoyota.com. Top Golf. Let us help you reimagine your next business meeting or team building event. See your regional center or go to topgolf.com. The NCHC and NCHC.tv. Subscribe to NCHC.tv to watch the best in college hockey since 2013. Behind the Mask Hockey Shops. Visit any of our Three Valley locations or go to behindthemask.com whether you're on ice or in line. Jets Pizza. Whether it's our legendary Detroit-style square or New York-style thin crust, Jets Pizza is better because it has to be. Two locations in Arizona, six in Colorado. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos. Whether it's Las Vegas or any of our other worldwide properties, an iconic vacation awaits you at any of our destinations. Metro by T-Mobile. Get 50% off or more when you add a line to a new or existing account. Buy Burrito Express, six East Valley locations for fresh, fast, authentic Mexican food. M-Drive, natural support for men looking to increase energy, strength, and drive. Always free delivery at mdriveformen.com. Summer Skates, whether our original red or new black shower shoes, show your game and style at summerskates.com. And by Drury Inn and Suites. Travel happy again. Book your next day at DruryHotels.com or at 1-800-DRURY-IN. College Hockey Southwest Live from the Summer Skate Studios, presented by Behind the Mask, is a part of the IcetimeHockeySW.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Nick Maxson. All right. Welcome in, hockey fans, to another special edition of College Hockey Southwest Live. Scott Strandy joining me tonight from Centennial, Colorado. My co-host, my special co-host, back for another occasion, uh, Nick Maxson from Husky Productions, joining me from Allentown, Pennsylvania. Nick, what a last couple of days it's been, and boy, did you live some games today. Yes, we did. Uh, second one didn't go the way that uh, most of the, uh, the the faithful that follow me would like to, uh, but uh, two pretty good games here in Allentown, and uh, we have quite the final sitting up here uh, here on Sunday night here between uh, the number one team in the country uh, and uh, Quinnipiac, who uh, show that they can hang tough with the big boys tonight. Boy, St. Cloud State, uh, let's start right there because uh, they fell behind, what, 2 nothing, right, or – after the first, and then they stormed back with three goals in the second to make it a 3-3 game after two, and then lose a heartbreaker 5-4 to four when it's all said and done. Tell us about it. You know, when you look at the St. Cloud squad, the, the, the second half of the season, you could mark in one word, inconsistency. Uh, and that was literally how this game went from start to finish. Uh, just completely flat in the last probably 10 minutes or so. I thought they had decent jump uh, in the first few minutes, uh, but Quinnipiac settled in. Uh, the first couple of goals, uh, again, without starting goalie David Rennick, uh, Jackson Castro gave up. I thought probably we'd like to have at least one of those back. It was a shot from the point, no traffic. Uh, but then again, uh, a bit of a message probably sent in the locker room that came out on fire in the second. As you mentioned, three goals in the second, although they did give – one away, so it was a 3-3 tie heading into the third, so things were okay. With then Quinnipiac scores 27 seconds into the third. Again, a point shot. It may have been tipped. Again, it looked like Castro either didn't pick it up right away or changed direction. Nonetheless, it's uh, Quinnipiac, very similar style to UMD. They get that lead, and yeah, they, stay, they locked it down. Uh, there's just no way else to describe it. Uh, St. Cloud at that point, you could tell, was on their heels. Uh the, the dump and chase game wasn't there. They, and then trying to carry it in uh, with possession. Uh, Quinnipiac was standing three, if not four guys at the blue line. So it really was an uphill battle. Made it 5 forward, 76 seconds left. Had a pretty strong push. And in fact, two really good scoring chances at the end. But uh, unfortunately uh, for the Huskies and, and for good for Quinnipiac, the other starting goaltender, uh, Yaniv Peretz, uh, was able to shut the door and seal the victory. So just a little bit too, a little too late for St. Cloud. And, uh, 
uh, after a, a national championship appearance last season, high expectations. It's an early exit this year. Yeah, that's uh, that's really unfortunate. Uh, St. Cloud State is such a talented team, as you mentioned before, uh, loaded with guys that played last year in the uh, Frozen Four. So they had the experience, and like you say, inconsistency maybe got to them. I want to talk about the goaltending, though. Let's start with David Rennick. Uh, illness still, or what, what was his status? Sure. So what what was not public until this morning was uh, David Rennick uh, ha- was actually battling pneumonia. In fact, he was hospitalized all the way up until about last Thursday or Friday. Uh, it was, again, information I was aware of. We weren't allowed to make it public uh, until this morning, as, as David essentially gave um, our SID, Andrew Melro, and, and head coach Brett Larson the okay to do it. Uh, he was medically cleared to play. Uh, for those who didn't watch the game, he was dressed. He took warm-ups. Uh, he didn't really take any shots, so he was on the bench. Uh, but from what we understand, again, with Novo, with uh, his case in pneumonia, he just his lung capacity wasn't there, of course. Pneumonia takes a while uh, to really fully recover, so just wasn't medically okay, really, to, to play a full 60 minutes tonight. Certainly, I believe he would have made a significant difference in this hockey game uh, if he was in. Nonetheless, uh, you know, this is why you have depth at every position. Um, that's why you have to play a solid team game in front of him. Uh, and just as unfortunate for Rennick that uh, his last game in a Husky sweater, he wasn't able to be between the pipes. And uh, we'll have to see how quickly Los Angeles will sign him. Um, I think there's a chance he's an L.A. Kings draft pick. But uh, unfortunately, his time in a Husky sweater is over. Yeah, and, and you know, uh People that listen to our podcast, from Arizona at least, uh, know Jackson Castor well. And he kind of gets thrown into a, a tough situation because he hadn't played much all year long. And then all of a sudden, uh, you get the nod and you're, you're playing in the frozen face or in the, uh, um, <laughs> the NCAA tournament just like that. And you're going like, wow, uh, he had to really adjust quickly and you know, not not making any excuses for him because, of course, he doesn't he doesn't need me to do that. But um, I'm sure it wasn't an easy task either when you haven't played much all year. Right. You know, and again, you know, starting twice, you know, in the frozen face off as news broke that Rennick at the time, you know, was sick. And again, remember, Spencer Meyer, their captain on defense, was out that first game against UMD as well. So uh, he was a guy that, you know, came in in relief for the most part i think he started another game here and there but never really played back-to-back games and none more than three in a row so uh and you go up against a very talented very gritty quinnipiac team tonight that uh unfortunately for uh for caster i don't think he's you know probably seen that level of talent uh at the collegiate level just yet uh so he got a taste of it just unfortunate that uh, i'm sure that as i mentioned before you were a couple of those he probably would want to have back and do it over again but uh, I think he, he's still a very talented goaltender. I still think he's got a, a bright future ahead of him. And, you know, sometimes you have to go through this adversity. You go through, you know, playing in these games and to know what's really like to face those top-tier teams. And, you know, he'll study film. He'll get better. But certainly not an easy situation for Castro to be in, uh, having to come off the bench and to really try to carry a squad with the expectations that the squad really have coming into this weekend and more so, uh, you know, trying to lead a team uh, back to, uh, to a frozen four, which unfortunately fell short tonight. And on the other end of the ice, um, Mr. Peretz has been uh, phenomenal all year long. For, for St. Cloud State to score four on him, I don't know that he's given up four many times this season, if at all. Uh, Quinnipiac had not given up four goals all season. Uh, so, and yeah, it was only was four. Thinking. Yeah, and only four times they gave up uh, three. Uh, so, you know, uh, and I know that uh, you know, college hockey fans and especially the ECAC, you know, you know the question was, was, was Quinnipiac really this good? Was it really this deep? Uh, you know, playing in a weak conference, I think, at least for right now, they, they I think there's some respect there. Um, you know, I was very impressed with their game. The one thing that kind of caught me and uh, my impressions was, you know, they were a physical bunch. Uh, this team uh, played with some sandpaper tonight, I think, for St. Cloud, especially in their own, you know, their defensive zone, the St. Cloud offensive zone. Uh, you know, they, they gave them a lot of uh, heck. To, to per se, so they they had all the elements to, to play at this level. Um, they've, they've got some talent again, maybe not your household names like say Michigan does, who they're going to face on Sunday. Uh, but you could tell that every uh, team member bought into a system, they bought into a game plan, and uh, Quinny Peck was the the rightful victor in this matchup. So uh, yeah, that's it's insane. Uh, again, they've scored a lot, they haven't given up much, but even in a situation tonight where they 
were in uncharted territory to say the least here, Scott. Uh, they still came out on top. So uh, congratulations to the Bobcats for moving on. And uh, we'll certainly have a, a much different animal uh, when the Wolverines and them clash on Sunday night. Yeah, we'll get to that in just a minute. I think our uh, our third party, uh, Paul Hornstein, has joined us. Paul, are you there? Hi, guys. Hey, hey there Paul. he is. What, you know what we call him now, Nick? We just call him Sleeping Beauty because I think he's been sleeping <laughs> yeah, since like yesterday yeah. sometime and yeah. uh, just now woke up in time to join the show. So welcome in. Well, um, <laughs> thank you, guys. Uh, Nick, thanks uh, for a couple of things last night uh, before we go on here. Uh, first of all, thanks for filling in. Um, absolutely you know uh i'm not 30 anymore and i can't do those 24 hour <laughs> jaunts like i used to um but us 60 so, year old guys we handle it well yeah well, <laughs> when, when i get there i'll let you know um sometimes it feels like it's 80 but um, you know. um and you were very gentle last night but thank you for calling out mr shecky green there with his Mr. Right pun <laughs> nonsense. Just next time you do it, don't worry about hurting his feelings. Just do it. <laughs> and don't be right. so kind. Okay, we've had enough of the peanut gallery. Uh, five was the magic number for, <laughs> for, for winning games in Allentown today. Oh, Nick, did Lord. you also see that Michigan uh, AIC game, which was a 5-2 Michigan win? Uh, I did uh, watch that game. Oh, I thought you were asking me. Sorry about that. No, go ahead, Paul. Oh, I was going to say, you know, uh, I think in another year, in a different season, that um, AIC would have had a much better chance to win that game. They're they they're a good. Te- they are a really good team, or they were a really good team. Um, they just went up against the wrong team. I mean, I just, you know, it's not like. You sat there and watched the game, and, and Michigan spent the whole end in AIC's end. But they just have elite, elite goal scorers. And you saw that today with some of the goals that they scored. They, these were not ordinary goals that Michigan got in that game. No, it wasn't. And, uh, you know, I, Paul, I think you said it right. And AIC, I mean, they got plenty, plenty of uh, praise there from from Mel Pearson from Michigan. Uh, I, to me, you know, AIC, they had a game plan, and especially in the defensive zone. That was to kind of frustrate Michigan's offense. Uh, did they execute it? A little bit, actually. Yeah. Um, you know, it was clogged the middle. It was try to maybe flash a flash a seam, flash a, a shooting lane, then take it away, and uh, then essentially be opportunistic in transition or trying to catch them in a mistake. Uh, it's, it's how they beat my Huskies again. I know we're going to mm-hmm. shed – Open old wounds and, and old scars here for try a minute, not but to do that. try not to do that. But you know what? That it was the same exact type of game plan: survive and keep it close. And uh, you know they did that. You know it was two nothing early. You know was it running away from them? No, uh, they got to win them one. Uh, you know they kept it close. It was five two for the most part. Ended up five three. They ended up getting a right. late uh, a late addition. But uh, no, th- this game was far and away not the game. I think a lot of college hockey fans would, would have thought it ended being only a, a two goal advantage for Michigan. Right. Uh, you got to really give Eric Lang and the crew. I mean, he was in tears at the end of this, you know, with his four year seniors again, Eric Lang in the sixth season with AIC. Uh, really so appreciative to the effort this team put in. And, and, and exactly, Paul, I mean, AIC just is they're missing goal scoring. You know, they, they have the structure for defense, they just don't have the depth of the guys who can finish. And granted, you know, if they keep building this program, you know, they talked about the championship culture there for the players after the game. You know, if they can find a few more that stick around and uh, can do that. AIC, they're, they're a great team with a great foundation. If they can add to it, they could be a little bit more scary as we go down through the years. Yeah, and, 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 and like I said, the, the, the goal by Brendan Brisson was almost from behind the net. Um, and I think the Bernier's goal was, was, was kind of the same way. Or just you know, almost impossible passes and impossible angles. And, you know, you don't do that unless you're an elite, elite goal scorer. Yeah, and, there's, a, there's a few of those NHL talented players on that roster. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I mean, um, I mean, you know, so I just, I'm sitting there and, and I'm watching it and, and you just, you just have to shake your head and, you know, 
good for, for, for Michigan for giving AFC the credit they deserve. And um, it is going to make for a very interesting uh, second-round matchup, that's for sure. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because uh, we started two days ago with 16 teams. We're now down to eight. Guys, uh, I know Paul and I talked about this. I don't know if, uh, if you were involved in the conversation, Nick, at all, but um, the western half of the United States, if you will, has uh, seven of the eight participants, and had Quinnipiac lost, it would have been an all-Western regional finals, which would also mean it would be an all-Western Frozen Four as well. Um, we, we knew the West was better this year. I don't know if it had to do with COVID last year or and, and the ability for, for teams out East just not to get as many games in this competition or what it was, but, man, the West is strong. They're very wow. strong. Yeah, go ahead. Very strong. And I think COVID has something to do with it. You know, a lot of these guys, you know, they added an extra year of eligibility of a lot of veteran, a lot of age teams that are in the West. And, you know, you couple that with new talent that comes in. I mean, St. Cloudy got a second round pick and Jack Pierce uh, that comes in and, you know, shores up a blue line spot. And, uh, you know, it's it's things like that. Um, you know, and, and, and it's weird that St. Cloud – and I say weird, meaning it's sad that St. Cloud couldn't pull that up because it would have given the ESPN crews who call this nothing to talk about for any East Coast schools as things went along. Yes, I'm, I'm chirping them a little bit, but um, at, at the end of it, uh, you know, it, there's there's an East Coast bias. Let's be real. Um, and, you know, you got to love, yeah, really just a little bit uh, with ESPN. But uh, at the end of it, you know, I think they still put on a good product. I still think they do a good job. But, uh, yeah, uh, the West is just they're that much deeper. Again, they have the talent. They have the experience. And. Uh, at, at, you know, this has been their year. And, you know, for a long time, Scott, it's been, you know, back, you know, 10 years ago was the BU and BC show. So, you know, was the East that kind of held the reins for a little bit. It's now back to the West and uh, have to see how long the pendulum stays there before it swings back the other way. Well, I also got to see uh, the, the Western game against Northeastern. And uh, it, that was uh, a brutal battle. For most of that, I mean, that was uh, a much more physical matchup than I expected. The goaltending was very good on both sides. Um, it looked like Western was going to sneak out of there with a one nothing win. Um, but, you know, Northeastern ties the game late, and you're like, okay. You know, and... Um, uh, that was not really the kind of game I expected. I don't know how much of it you guys got to see because uh, it was a little early. Uh, it was early in Eastern time. So, well, you're in Eastern time now, right, Nick? Because you're in Pennsylvania. Yeah, we're in Pennsylvania. So, um, what did you guys think of that game? Did I did I misinterpret that game, or what do you think? Well, my thoughts on that is uh, Western plays a heavy style. Um, so I wasn't surprised at that. I, I thought uh, that uh, Devin Levi was going to be what he was. He was outstanding again, as he uh, as he always is. Um, and when Western kind of surprised me, Paul, you know, all year long I've told you that uh, I can't. I'm you having a hard time getting on the Western bandwagon because sometimes they look like world beaters, and other times they look like they couldn't beat a peewee team. Um, so, so as Nick and I talked before you came on, Paul. Um, two things. He said that St. Cloud has been kind of inconsistent and they played today inconsistent as well. The other thing that he alluded to or didn't allude to, just flat out told us is that uh, David Rennick had pneumonia and that's why he didn't play. And it wasn't disclosed publicly until today. Is that correct, Nick? That is correct. Yeah. Pat, it uh, was hospitalized last week and uh, uh, was uh, made it public today. Again, it's information we all knew here in the St. Cloud side, but uh you're kind of hoping to escape that conversation. You're hoping that Rennick was going to be medically clear, but it just didn't have enough time to fully recover and be ready to play at this level and to play in this type of game. And, you know, we all know how many of those guys came back to play in this tournament. And that really, you know, nothing against Jackson Caster, but that sucks. Yeah, no, that sucks. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, 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 and we, we, we talked about it to you, Paul, before we came on of, you know, that's a difficult spot for Jackson to be in, you know, kind of getting thrust into the frozen faceoff uh, against Duluth, you know, a team that might be the hottest team coming into this tournament. Again, they punched their ticket in the meeting, uh, you know, down uh, in their regional. And, uh, yeah, I mean, 
Uh, if he watches the tape tonight, I'm sure there's going to be two, if not maybe three, that he would like to have back. Uh, sure. But at but at the end of it, yeah, I mean, you talk about the the senior class that came back for this squad for the Huskies, you know, all but essentially two, Will Hammer and Jared Cockrell that went on to do other things. And, you know, this this team had the expectations that they didn't have last year to, to, get, to get back, to get to Boston and, and to compete for a national title game. And uh, unfortunately for uh, tonight, with the way that essentially the second half of the season has gone, uh, fell short, uh, again, just couldn't put all the right pieces together for a full 60 minutes. And uh, yeah, for, as I mentioned before, Rennick having to, sit on the bench and to watch this. I can only imagine what was going through his head as the, this game went along. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, that, like I said, that just, I, I, you, your, your gut hurts for situations like that. Um, and, you know, there's, you're, you're just sitting there and, and, and if you, and you got, like I said, you, you were there. So you, you could just, I guarantee you, you probably were able to see the look of pain on his face and it sucks. And there's a lot of good players on that team. And uh, just, you know, it's, you know, it's just, it's a shame. That's, that's really all I can say. And, um, you know, uh, but they'll be back. Uh, you know, they, they built a good foundation there too. And in that league, you know, they have uh, not just the fact that they're in that league, but you guys know is better than I do that they don't have to go far to get players. <laughs> no, they, they definitely don't. So the other regional in Worcester, um, am I close yet, Paul? Yeah, you're pretty close. You're close enough for government work. Oh, okay. Good. Uh, <laughs> I've been practicing, guys. I really have. Um, Minnesota uh, gets a goal late from uh, Arizona native uh, Matthew Nyes and uh, goes on to win in overtime. Uh, who else? Ben Myers. I mean, you could have predicted that one. Uh, matter of fact, I did tell myself that, that uh, Minnesota is going to win in overtime. It's going to be Ben Myers. And sure enough, 4-3 uh, victory. Nick, your thoughts on uh, on the Gophers taking out the defending champion uh, UMass uh, Minutemen? And they had to they had to crawl back in this one too. Uh, you know, if there's one thing that the Gophers have shown uh, late, you know, especially the last few weeks, especially in the Big Ten, uh, but also here in you know some of these playoff games, minus the Big Ten championship game, uh, they're resilient and uh, they have the 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 talent as well as the. Uh, the depth to, to stay in a hockey game. It doesn't matter if it's a slow start or whatnot. That's probably the biggest concern with the, uh, the Minnesota Gophers right now is the starts that just have not been great. So they put themselves in positions to have to climb back, but they've done it. Um, doesn't surprise me that guys like Matty Nyes and, and Ben Myers, who has been talked about as being a, one of the more sought after college free agents, whenever Minnesota's season is done, uh, you know, getting the job done. Uh, you you got to really credit Bob Motzko for, for getting this team to back to where they were in Providence. Uh, you know, but they're going to have their hands full, uh, you know, coming up uh, here for, for the final. Uh, to me, I look at Minnesota as a, as a boomer bust kind of team at this moment. Uh, it just it, at some point, my gut just tells me that these slow starts are going to catch up to them. They're going to get down to a, a much better team or a much you know better sound defensive team. And they're going to have a, a tough time getting back. But, you know, at the end of it, they, they, I think they were the, the better team at least on paper, this is the matchup they should have won. They made it a little bit tougher on themselves to do it. Uh, but, you know, credit to UMass, too. I think UMass was a little bit overlooked coming into this. I thought that maybe they could be a dark horse sneaking out of this, and they gave the Gophers a run for their money. Had they held on the third and in overtime, they would have uh, finished that upset. But uh, to me, Minnesota is – they're looking pretty dangerous right now as long as they can fix one thing, and that is they got to have a better start in that first period. Well, especially so, since it's basically so Paul, a game, right? Hold, hold on a minute, Paul. Uh, since you were shaking your maroon and gold pom-poms for your favorite team in Minnesota, yeah, um, I, I, I'm guessing you were thrilled that they, they were able to pull out a 4-3 overtime victory. Um, if that's the word you want to use, that's fine. Um, <laughs> it's not the word I'd use. But, um, yeah, no. Um, but, I mean, you got to give them credit. I mean, you're down 2 nothing. You get a late goal. And, and by the way, you were down 2 nothing quickly. I mean, UMass got their two goals, bang, bang, 
uh, less than a minute apart late in the first period and you get one at the end of the first period to get back in the game right then UMass goes up quickly three to one at the start of the second period and you know it looks like you're going to get put away and you know we forget or actually we don't forget but we, we choose to ignore the fact that they got a bunch of NHL draft picks on that team too I just we don't have to, to acknowledge ignore. it unless I have to <laughs> we choose to ignore he says okay let, let's do this um, let's take a quick break let's come back in about three minutes and let's talk about these uh, regional finals because there are some very interesting matchups coming up and even more interesting if certain teams win on what could be the uh, the semifinal round in the Frozen Four. So we'll be back in about three minutes. More than 140 live games from the nation's best college hockey conference. Ready for you wherever you are, however you want to watch. Your favorite team is on nchc.tv. On your phone, tablet, or stream to your TV. Subscribe now to watch the best in college hockey at nchc.tv. If it's nchc hockey, it's on nchc.tv. Really, JR, you think you can still do this? I'm focused. You're way too old to hit that target from there. I've been listening to everything you said It's been running through my head Locked and loaded right, Still got it Still got it Who's old now? any hockey player in the desert southwest and they'll all tell you the same thing we love going to the rink and sandals now you can show off your game in style with summer skates officially licensed summer skates are comfortable washable and can be designed to show off your fandom phil kessel your guy big william carlson fan or is austin matthews the man have your summer skates designed to show off your favorite nhl player or shout out your own game with your own number Team discounts and customization available, too, for groups of 12 or more. Thirsty after getting off the ice? Our new koozies are perfect for keeping that cold one cold in the desert heat. Comfortable and durable. Show up to the rink in style. An authorized retailer of summer skates. You can purchase yours through our website at icetimehockeysw.com. At Behind the Mask, we know that players are always messing with their equipment and constantly need to borrow things like tape or need a new mouthpiece during the season. Point is that just because you are fully outfitted to start the season doesn't mean you're good for the year. Make sure that you are always supplied with all of the hockey accessories you need by visiting our stores or behindthemask.com. Whether it's an extra mouth guard, wheels and bearings for your inline skates, or extra rolls of tape for your stick, at Behind the Mask, we have all the little things that can make your time at the rink go smoother. Go to any of our three Valley locations or online at BehindTheMask.com. Broadcasting from the Summer Skate Studios, Summer Skates, the ultimate hockey player's footwear. This is College Hockey Southwest Live. All right, welcome back in, NCAA hockey fans. Another special edition of College Hockey Southwest Live. Scott Strandy with you in uh, Denver, Colorado, Centennial, Colorado, wherever you want to call it. Um, my co-host, as always, Paul Hornstein, uh, back with us after his uh, 24-hour nap uh, on Long yeah. Island, New York. And uh, our special guest host, Nick Maxson, back with us with Husky Productions who is in Allentown, Pennsylvania. So we're all over the map. That's what we do here at uh, Ice Time Hockey Southwest, which is now just going to be Ice Time Hockey pretty soon. Uh, but, but guys, a uh, couple things I want to say before we jump into the uh, the pairings that are coming up, which, uh, which will be the regional final starting tomorrow. 
Um, congratulations and a, and a big welcome to NCAA hockey to Lindenwood University. Uh, my good friend Rick Zombo, the head coach there, uh, finally got what he wanted for years, an NCAA hockey team. They seem to be up and running. The president of the university is excited. And uh, the Lindenwood Lions, the newest team to uh, join NCAA hockey, and they start the season next fall as an NCAA program. Um, Nick, let's go to you first. Your thoughts on that and uh, the excitement of adding another team to NCAA hockey. It's great for the game of hockey. You know, it's it's one thing you talk about growing the sport. You know, you have to grow it at the amateur levels, the college levels. You know, that's where you can, you know, build foundations and, you know, continue to grow with the interest, especially in the youth programs around it. Uh, so for Lindenwood, I know they're D1 and they're women's. Uh, getting D1 for their men's uh, is huge. Uh, and you talk about how the college game really needs to expand west of the Mississippi River. Uh, this is a great start. I mean, Arizona State, uh, as uh, one particular host in here will maybe like to chime in on this one too. But maybe. You need right. Uh, you need more around it. You just you can't have you. You can't be an island. Uh, you you can't be you know the Hawaii or the two Alaska schools that you know have been you know had legacy programs. But you know we've seen some major changes uh, in the college hockey landscape with both Alaska schools uh, essentially having cut from their their respective conferences twice. Once from the old WCHA and then most recently uh, again the new CCHA and now the old WCHA now is essentially all gone. So it's 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 something where uh, it continues it continues to be needed to be pushed west. And I, I'm happy for the game of hockey. Uh, it's going to be you know a tough rise uh, you know to get to uh, a competitive level. But uh, I, I think again the game continues to grow and you know these non-traditional markets you could say. Uh, I know St. Louis uh, with the recent cup success will continue to drive some of those numbers as well. And so congrats to them. It's much needed for the game. And, uh, you know, not too long. It's it's going to be more. So I'm really glad and uh, uh, kind of hope we keep uh, the climb upwards. Well, and don't forget, we, we talk about St. Louis uh, and, and then winning a cup. I, I don't know if it was the last playoff year or the or the one before you know, where we had the uh, late playoffs in August. The final four teams all had a player from St. Louis on their rosters, and that was long before the Blues won the Cup. So, um, this is only going to push that even further. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the other thing I want to mention is I, I take hundreds, thousands of pictures at hockey games. I get great ones sometimes. Sometimes I get some really crappy ones, but it doesn't matter. As many hockey pictures as I post, I get nothing. But if I put a mascot, or in this case, if I put the band from Michigan Tech on, the, the, the comments, the retweets, the uh, views, everything is going through the, uh, the charts. So maybe I'm just going to become a uh, college hockey band watcher. <laughs> hey, whatever it takes, right? <laughs> Nick, your thoughts on that? You know, we, we talked about how important it is for the atmosphere uh, of college hockey. They have the bands, you know, been Michigan and uh, Quinnipiac, at least out here, both travel their bands. It, it, it's, it has to be. Like, that's what you assimilate uh, college hockey atmosphere is to have the bands in there. You have uh, the chants. You know, it's, it's almost like a natural Predators game almost without just, you know, some of the, the profanity-laced ones that they have going on down there. But um, <laughs> it, it makes it fun. Um, I, I love it. Uh, and, again, it needs, to, it needs to be like that around college. I mean, that's, again, growing up, um, I'm going to probably get ridiculed for this comment, but growing up around Mariucci and as a, as a Gophers fan, in fact, one of my my better longtime uh, friends uh, that I played with in minor hockey, uh, Ryan Stoa, played for the Gophers, and so uh, he had a he had a pretty uh, you know nice career down there in a Gopher sweater, I would say. And uh, you know, at the end of it, you know, when you go into the building, even as a nine, ten year old, the first thing you're hearing is the band as they walking around the concourse, and then as they're leading the student section behind the opposing goalie with, uh, you know, some words of encouragement. We'll leave it at that. So uh, it, it's great, and uh, you know, it, it's it's just all part of the fun. Well, listen, Nick, you got smart and you went somewhere else. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, we'll, 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 we'll just, we'll leave it. We'll that, leave it at so. that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, well, well, the thing of it is where he went is, uh, is named after another gopher hockey coach though. So <laughs> yeah, but, uh, actually, I don't look at it that way. Oh, he's got, he's got other Shaded glasses. That's, the, Olymp on, that's the Olympic coach. That's red, white, and blue glasses, there, buddy. That's the Olympic <laughs> coach. He wore a lot of maroon and gold before that. I'm sorry. He did. I don't know, I don't know what you're talking about, so I don't, I don't worry about it. 
And, and to be fair, I mean, Herb Brooks was only a, a St. Cloud coach for one year. Now, mind you, the big thing Herb Brooks did was to, you know, uh, St. Cloud was a Division II school for quite some time. Right. He basically pushed, uh, you know, the state funding to build what now is the Herb Brooks National Hockey Center to get them the D1 status. And, uh, you know, so he, he did, you know, in his short time, you know, what the program leave a, a pretty lasting impression. I mean, and that's what Herb did, where, whichever program he touched, you know, whether – you know, obviously in 1980, but, you know, the Gophers and against St. Cloud and wherever he went, he just was such an impactful part of this game. And, uh, you know, yeah, that's a reason why there's a statue in that, that uh, arena bears his name for sure. Did, did so he not coach? To... Did he not coach in New York, too? I, I don't Gordon acknowledge Gordon that or... either. Oh, okay. Just checking. He coached in Manhattan. I don't count that. Uh, just checking. <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's jump into these uh, regional finals. Uh, tomorrow, uh, 2 p.m. Mountain Time, 4 p.m. Eastern, I will be at uh, the beautiful Budweiser Event Center in Loveland, Colorado again. As two NCHC teams do battle again, it's Denver and UMD. It's the number one versus the number two regional seed. Um, uh I don't know where to go on this one. I, I like Denver's depth, speed, and I think if they had just a little bit more in the goaltending department, uh, they would be my overwhelming pick. Uh, as you both know, I am a UMD alum, and the job that Ryan Fanti's done, and, and even more the coaching job that Scott Sandlin has done, um, man, I, I don't know. I don't know how this one's going to end. I really don't. Uh, Paul, let's start with you. What do you think on that? Who, who wins this one? Uh, Nick, did he send you a text message of his bracket when uh, uh, I haven't received a, a text yet? I, I'm guessing I'm going to get. Yet? I haven't got that one yet. I, I, I put it online. <laughs> um, well, I got said text message, and and uh, all of a sudden, yeah. Well, you deserve that. <laughs> well, yeah. Poor Nick. I'm not going to subject him to that. What your picks? <laughs> Is, is right. this where I say no new phone? Who dis? Is that where this is supposed to come out or what? No, 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 no. Just, you know, he's sitting here and, and all of a sudden now he's a bulldog alum, but he doesn't want to pick it against Denver. You get that both sideism thing going on here? Or am I just making this up because it doesn't sound like it? I'm split right down the middle. There's uh-huh. no doubt about it. I have Scott Sandlin hugging me on one side and David Carl hugging me on the other. And uh, I will tell you, I will be thrilled which either one of them gets to take on the winner of Michigan Quinnipiac. But I'm asking you two, uh, and since Paul will hedge it, Nick, I'll ask you, you got any thoughts on Denver UMD who pulls that out? Oof. You know, again, this is tough. Uh, you know, Denver's got great depth, as you mentioned. They've got uh, great ability up front. They've got a really good mobile defensive core. Uh, they've got a solid goaltender of Magnus Corona. I just, to me right now, UMD is just the team to beat. Uh, I just, I feel like they're clicking in all cylinders now. The one thing that might shake UMD a little bit is have they been a little bit too good? And what I mean by that is they haven't given up a goal in three straight games. They, they've literally shut out the last three opponents. And so uh, I, I still feel like there's, you know, going up against Denver uh, this time around, uh, Denver's motivated. Again, we talked about David Carl and how they approached the, the NCT frozen face off, which is maybe to, it might work in their favor. We'll have to see after tomorrow. But uh, to me, I'm giving the edge to the Bulldogs. I had the Bulldogs going all the way to the national championship game. A lot of it just because of the structure that them again, Scott Sandal and their team comes together and really, rises up when it comes to playoff time and when you have I, I, to me the hottest goaltender in college hockey Ryan Fanti uh, it's going to make it a tough go but uh, again these two teams know each other well that they, they play uh, similar styles of hockey uh, you know when they need to and I just I don't know I just feel like with wins this matchup I don't know if you guys saw the uh, the little fighter they had at mile high um, yesterday if you saw that on there mile high stadium here in Denver, uh, started on fire, believe it or not. They lost 400 seats um, to the oh, fires. And and the rumor has it is Ryan Fanti was so hot, he just walked through the building. Oh, and he came down from Loveland <laughs> and started the whole place on fire. Listen, can you leave the comedy to some of us that are funny, please? <laughs> leave the comedy to those anyway, that are funny. Anyway, I only, Ryan, thought, I only, thought, I only thought City Field and Mets fans could get away with that, but I guess not. Jeez. <laughs> no, well, yeah, so, yeah, it was burning good, and uh, a lot of people that were trying to get up uh, from Denver to Loveland yesterday um, got stuck in traffic along the I-25 that goes right past Mile High, but uh, 400 seats, a couple of suites. They got some work to do. It was either uh, Ryan Fanti or Russell Wilson. 
we're not sure which one, but anyway, I, I'm putting it on Fanti because when he sat down uh, in the chair at the, the press conference, smoke came up. So he's red hot. Uh, he is red hot. And Nick, uh, had they not sold the team, um, we probably were getting very, very close to burning down that building. So, um, uh, yeah. So just, just so you know that, uh, uh, you are not that far off about, uh, we met fans in, 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 um, I usually try to stay away from the hot takes. No pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> like Love I said, it. Love it. <laughs> Listen, you figure that it, Duluth has got to give one up at some point. Mm-hmm. They're just going to. Um, because nobody shuts everybody out forever. Um, and, and the question will be, when they if they get one, do they get two or three right away? You wouldn't think so. But if they get one, especially if they get the first one, how does that change the dynamic of the game? Um, I'm, I'm still going to sit there and I'll watch the game. And Denver probably has, as you guys say, the deeper roster. But oh, no, not, not probably. They have the deeper roster. They have the and, deepest roster in hockey, college and, hockey. But, you know, I'm just going to sit there and, and and watch the vampire just come back and back and back. <laughs> you know back what? There's been one way to combat the vampire, and it's uh, the, the letters RB and a little circle patch on the Denver um, uniforms. And if there was ever a sentimental... Uh, reason for Denver to pull this out. It's because Ralph Backstrom, who started uh, everything that is Loveland hockey and Colorado Eagles hockey back in 2003, I believe, and uh, is everything that is Denver Pioneers hockey. Um, they're honoring him this year with an, with uh, an RB on the uh, jerseys. Coach uh, Carl's brought it up a couple of times and don't think that won't be part of the message tomorrow about getting out to a fast start and uh, seeing if RB can have a little um, higher power influence. So it's going to be a great game. That's the first one at uh, 2 p.m. Mountain Time. And then after that, um, 4.30 p.m. Mountain Time, 6.30 p.m. Eastern, Minnesota State, Notre Dame. Paul, let's start with you on that one. Um, Who's going to pull that one out? I I just have a hard time in a one-and-done going against Dryden McKay. I, I don't think he played his best game the other day. I, I don't think he gave up any soft ones, but I don't think he was great in that game, even though they won the game. Um, you know, I, I, I don't think that um, as, as, I'm, as I'm watching the game that the – he had to make any spectacular saves. So, you know, I, I don't want to say that he's not – because he's he's to me, he's still the best goal in college hockey. They can talk about Devin Levi. They can talk about any of these guys. To me, Dryden McKay is the best goal in college hockey and has been for the last two years. And I don't think Notre Dame – is a big offensive team. As a matter of fact, we know they're not. They're the one team in that league that plays in their own end first. And I I, I don't see how a healthy Minnesota State team doesn't win that game. So we say Minnesota State's going to go on. Nick, you? Same. I, I just, I feel like Minnesota state just, again, you, you talk about deep rosters, you know, with, with Denver, I think that if there's any other team that might compete with that is Minnesota state. Uh, I just feel like uh, Dryden. Yeah. He doesn't see a ton of shots. Uh, he, he's not, uh, you know, he had to come up big per se. Uh, but I just feel like that team top to bottom uh, is just way too dangerous. I, I really feel like, uh, you know, it's going to be them the whole way. Uh, Notre Dame was going to give them fits, uh, especially defensively. Of course, uh, but I but I do think that Minnesota State with the firepower they up front, uh, Nathan Smith, Julian, or Pravic, just to name a couple, um, 
and with some of their mobile defensemen and back, I mean, just uh, to me, the odds are, are just stacked for Minnesota State. There just seems to be everything's falling in their favor. I think that continues. And I do think it's the Mavericks on to the Frozen Four in Boston. See, and, and, and I said that to Scott, um, not, I don't believe I said it last week in the podcast, but um, maybe I did. I can't remember. Um, but I did tell him at some point that the whole key to that game the other day was whether or not Jake Sanderson played. And you clearly saw the lack of Jake Sanderson not having North Dakota have those easy breakouts that he brings. And Notre Dame just shut them down. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, okay, so I think we've got uh, no idea on Denver UMD, and we got Minnesota State over Notre Dame. Um, uh, I want to ask you guys this, uh, and, and Nick, you can probably answer. Did Michigan come in those beautiful, pure white track suits today? Did you see them arrive at the arena in their godly-like uh, white you know, I, I didn't see that. Uh, I didn't see any uh, some jumpsuits uh, here. I think if I recall the postgame, it was mostly uh, suit and tie, you know, so more uh, NHL-like per se. Um, oh, oh, nice you know, one. Per, nice so, one. you know, because we all know that the the dress code with the NHL is uh, super strict and fun, right? Um, but uh, no, I, I didn't see the track suits. Uh, that's not what I saw, at least. But, uh, you know, hey, you know, if – Maybe it's their, you know, the golden goose per se. Maybe it's, you know, those superstitions or whatnot. But uh, either way, yeah, no, no white tracksuits from from the two eyes that I had. Do do we know what what game time that is set for Sunday? Did they announce that yet? Is it a I 4 think if I six thirty. I believe it is six thirty. If I'm looking uh, yes. currently, I believe it is a six thirty okay. start. Okay, and that's Michigan Quinnipiac. Correct. Nick, you saw them live. Uh, which one do you uh, Which one do you like? Well, I, you know, this is probably the toughest one of all. No, I'm kidding. It's totally Michigan. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, Michigan in this game, you know, almost became, you know, tonight almost that were their worst enemy. Uh, you know, they knew as a player that coming in, they, they were the better team on paper. There's no question about it. Um, some of the plays that they made, you know, only high-skilled NHL-type players with some of the things that they did to anticipate the play, the passing plays, uh, just insane. Uh I, they're going to give Quinnipiac a run for their money. Now the, the, the sort of the quagmire that's presented here is, you know, how about this? If Quinnipiac can have a fast start against Michigan and, you know, lock things down, I do for AIC in all intents and purposes, you know, they give Michigan a lot of fits tonight. You know, even Mel yeah. Pearson said it himself because hey, we, they, they made us earn this win tonight. And so if, if Quinnipiac can get on the board and, and get themselves a lead and lock things down, like then the third tonight against St. Cloud, they've got a fighting chance. Um, but you do wonder, you talk about depth, though. Michigan just has so many weapons up front to back uh, from Portillo on net to obviously Owen Power uh, on the blue line. And then, you know, talk about Matty Berniers and, you know, others on, up front, you know, Brandon Brisson. I just There's just too much, too much high-end talent. Uh, the question is, as these games get more meaningful, they're still young. Um, can they handle a big stage and maybe some in-game adversity? I think they can. Uh, but to me, it's Michigan all the way. Paul, yeah, you feel the I same understand. way? Uh, I, I don't know if I feel as strongly as Nick does. I, I do favor Michigan to win this game. Um, as, as, as he said, uh, some of the plays they made today, uh, you're really only going to see from high-end from high-end talent. Um, but the, the, the opponents are going to get higher and higher end as they go along. And it's going to be much, much tougher to make those kind of plays. Uh, as, as, as they move up the bracket. So, um, and, you know, Quinnipiac uh, is going to be the team with nothing to lose. And, you know, they're going to go into that game feeling disrespected, even though they are a perennial second-round team in the NCAA tournament. And if they can play loose without playing sloppy, they'll give Michigan fits. Yeah, good point. Uh, I'm going to go along with both of you and believe Michigan's going to uh, earn a spot into the Frozen Four. That leaves us one more regional to go. Um, the Minnesota Golden Gophers, Paul's favorite team, against Western Michigan, 
um, the Jekyll and Hyde of the NCHC um, team. Um, Nick, your thoughts on that one? I think this one's the Gophers. Uh, you know, again, the it's so hard to jump on Western Michigan, as you said. You know, we saw them beat, albeit a, a Jake Sanderson less team on a Friday, but then Saturday looked like a completely different team and, and couldn't break out the puck in possession um, against the eventual, you know, NCHC tournament champion, Minnesota Duluth. So it's going to come down to just Western Michigan have, I think it comes down to offense. I know that Western Michigan is, you know, they have that heavy physical style, that sandpaper type, but Minnesota's got some big guns up front too. In fact, you know, <laughs> to look at Maddie Nice, I mean, holy buckets, that guy's got speed, he's got skill, he's got skating. Um, I just have a very difficult time thinking that Western Michigan, just from in terms of skill and offense, will be able to overpower uh, Minnesota. Uh, Western again defensively they're not the best lockdown team either uh, so I think the edge here is to the Gophers I, I think they also uh, punch their ticket to the frozen four um, if Western Michigan is going to beat the Gophers it's they're going to have to have their best defensive game of the season they're going to have to really uh, be in the face of the Gophers uh, it, it's tough it's just how well they skate and just again how, the, how much skill they have but that would be the roadmap to do it. But uh, to me, I think just Minnesota's too deep. They, they've got some crafty veteran players, some young talent, a good combination. And then Justin Close and goal who, you know, after the, you know, I guess for Gophers fans would be the, the sudden departure of Jack LaFontaine, you know, <laughs> the, um, you know, over to the Carolina hurricanes uh, to me, they've really rattled around him. That's essentially to be what triggered this run for the Gophers is they've, they've been forced to play better defensively. And I just think Minnesota will take advantage of a Western Michigan squad that just quite isn't up to the level um, on both ends of the ice. Now, here's, here's, well, here's, here's what, what, what I'll say about uh, this matchup. Uh, besides the fact that uh, uh, gold, black and brown gold. and yellow and gold <laughs> or whatever. Um, black and gold. <laughs> yeah. No, well, Bronco, brown, yeah, yeah, Bronco whatever, brown, whatever color that it, it yeah. Um, in, in in any other year, if any of these matchups were a championship game matchup, you'd be excited about this. There's the the the, the matchups here. Um, the one side, the 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 Denver Duluth game and. The, the the western and that other maroon and gold team matchup, I mean, opposite styles. <laughs> on, on, on he struggles, Nick. Games. He struggles with that one. Uh, um, you know, uh, the Michigan and Quinnipiac and, and Notre Dame, and Minnesota State. These 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 are teams that if, if if they were meeting in the championship game, would you'd be like, yeah, okay, these are all great matchups. I mean, this is ridiculously good. Well, here's what we do know. Uh, based on what we came up with per, for predictions, um, in one semifinal game, you could see Minnesota against Minnesota State. How good will that one be? And uh, the other one, for what we came up with, would be Michigan with either Denver or UMD as their opponent. And how good will that one be? I mean, you're talking about uh, matchups now, Paul, uh, in the regionals, but this is these are your two semifinals. Would there be any doubt that no matter what that combination is, that that would not be uh, a fantastic um, national championship game. Nick? Well, <laughs> for the for the semifinals, yeah, holy cow. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Yikes. I mean, it's, it, it's especially for us here in the Midwest in, in what we call flyover country and corn country, whatever the rest of the country will call us by, um, despite the fact we have more uh, – uh, beaches and then California. Yes, that's a true fact. Look it up. Um, <laughs> well, there's, there's some good things, right? Uh, no, uh, you know, the Gophers in Minnesota state, I mean, it, the, the stars are aligning for this matchup to happen. And, you know, my goodness, you know, it, it's, it's one of those where as a hockey fan, you know, whether you're for one team or you're not, you know, this, that's the kind of matchup you look at and say, geez, does one of these teams really have to lose their season in this matchup now? Yeah. You know, it's 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 almost like you you you, you embrace it. And you kind of wish it was the national championship game, but it, it, the way it's running, it's going to be a national semifinal matchup. Um, and you talk about games that on paper could, you know, be one of those where you look back ten years and say, "Geez, this was a hell of a game to watch," and this should have been. 
the NCAA you know, championship game. Uh, if that's indeed the matchups we get, that's going to be a treat for college hockey fans all around the country. They'll be able to watch that matchup. And even for Michigan, Minnesota, Duluth, if that ends up another great matchup. Again, you have one of the best offensive powerhouses that this uh, college hockey scene has seen in, in quite some time versus probably the, the best defensive Stoltworth you know, team we've seen in the last decade, too, with you know two recent national championships under their belt. Uh, th- th- this could be quite... Uh, you know, the Frozen Four from all things uh, pointed, if, if the matchups go the way that they are, it just it, it sucks because yeah, at the end of the day, one, the, you know, a team is going to win, a team is going to lose. And, you know, whichever team that comes out of that, you know, having to go home is, is, is going to be a very good team that deserved a shot at the national championship. And it'd be sad to see that happen. But, you know, that, that's I don't know. It's just it's great. It's good and bad. It's, always, it's a double edged sword of championships like this. Well, let me ask you a question, Nick, as, as, as a St. Cloud guy. Who is their biggest rival? It's UMD right now. Um, there, there's there's just way too much familiarity um, in the styles that they play. Again, Brett Larson spending uh, years in his assistant under Scott Sandlin. Um, those two have tremendous respect for each other. In fact, I, I asked Scott Sandlin at the media day back in September, um, you know, because I know that they're in great communication, you know, whether he – reached out to Brett after the national championship loss. And, uh, you know, he said, yeah, I gave him a week, obviously, to kind of, uh, you know, mop up, uh, you know, the tears or whatnot. But he goes, you know, we, we talked him through it. And he goes, you know, this is what you have to go through. Um, you know, so they're very close on and off the ice. And, you know, as far as a St. Cloud fan, whenever UMD is on, on the schedule, uh, it's always close games. It's always really good, high-tempo, high-quality hockey. Um and let me say this, that's a, that's a matchup that we want to go see. Obviously, when North Dakota comes into town or you go up to, to Ralph Engelstead, there's always, you know, some extra little bit of, of nastiness in that series, as anybody in the NCHC will tell you. But, uh, you know, if you're talking just from a pure hockey sp- uh, perspective, the Bulldogs are the number one uh, rivalry here with St. Cloud State Huskies fans. Right. So, and, 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 and my, the point I'm, I'm going the long way around on here is I also talk to some Minnesota State fans on a regular basis. Okay, social media. And if there's one thing that would bring all three of those fan bases together, okay, it's that same, um, shall we say, opinion of that other maroon and gold team. Would that be Mm -hmm. fair? That would be fair. Um, you know, it's no, just... especially for, that would be fair, and especially for St. Cloud fans. You know, I know that. I mean, and it's sad too because Bob Mosco elevated the St. Cloud State Huskies to the sure. to the level they were at now. You know, and, and Brett Larson's taken the mantle he's run with it, and you could see in, in arguments that he's made it better. Um, but you know, for Mosco, you know, if to leave, you know, yeah, it was it was the worst kept secret in college hockey. Uh, honestly, when it did happen. Uh, so if, you know, for us, for Minnesota state, for UMD, uh, there would be no better sweet, uh, you know, better sweet ending than, you know, seeing Minnesota get knocked off, um, in some way, shape or form. Um, especially if it was against Western Michigan, just because, you know, you, you, then you can have the argument, well, you, 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 your your breaking between the first game was too long this time. You, you you were mad that it was too short. Now it's too long. So what do you want us to do, Bob? I don't know. So that 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 would that would probably bring everybody together for sure. But uh, you know, well we'll see what happens here on uh, on Sunday. Well, my uh, point being is uh, Scott likes to sit there and and, and talk about uh, my feelings. Okay, and I don't have any allegiance to those other three schools. <laughs> so oh, I love it. Um, just... I know, I know. We all know what you're doing, poking <laughs> the bear. Um, anyway, uh, it's going to be a great Frozen uh, Four, no matter what happens, no matter who gets in and how the matchups play out. The re- semi, uh, the finals in the regionals will be excellent as well. That's tomorrow, two games, and Sunday, two games. We'll be back to bring you. Uh, recaps a little earlier in the day now that uh, there's just two games going on so that'll be nice uh, um well okay uh in addition to uh to that um you know i mean ha- these games have been good so far they're going to just continue to get better it's hard to see anybody lose I- i've commented that uh, uh ever since the start here a couple of days ago uh it- it's hard to see a team lose um no matter where they lose at because you know how hard they work to get here 
But uh, unfortunately, one wins, one loses, and it's going to be that way all the way until uh, uh, April 9th when that's crowned. Um, so on that note, um, any parting shots from anybody? Nick, you got any parting shots you want before uh, before we get to the uh, find out who's in the Frozen Four, or at least the first two pairings? Uh, Duluth, uh, please take care of business for me. That would be nice. Um, that would be great. Um, and, and how about this? You know, this is going to come as a shock to both of you, but there is, you know, when you get to, to covering hockey, right. You know, the, the fandom kind of goes aside a little bit, right. You're just, you want to see good hockey games and you want it to be close. Uh, the Minnesota fan of me says, why not really really get everybody on the East Coast upset and have Minnesota State, Minnesota, and Duluth all in the Frozen Four with Michigan just just to rub it in. I think that would be kind of fun. So let's, let's go with that, shall we? Uh, listen, you know, um, I, at this point, I don't have any true allegiance uh, to any East Coast schools teams. Um, I want there to be more teams. You know, um, I live there's two, one. There's one. I live 20 minutes from Stony Brook. I'd like to see them start a team so LIU could have a rival. You know, um, best logo I, by the way in college hockey, LIU. That that logo is awesome. <laughs> yeah, that shark is great. You know, um, we just saw Lindenwood go D1, and for their men after having a D1 women's program, uh, hello Syracuse, let's go. I think they're now the only school that has a D1 women's program. And I'm not saying that they shouldn't. I think more schools should have D1's women's programs. But, you know, I'm just saying, let's go. Um, uh, so I don't have necessarily the allegiance. Uh, I'm, I just for chaos. Yeah, we know that. <laughs> we know that. Let me tell you this. If it becomes Michigan and Denver, for example, in one semifinal, oh, that could be an 8-9 game. <laughs> because yeah. oh, neither one is going to play defense. They're just going to score goals on both ends. Um, so that would be interesting. Um, it's going to be close. I, I think Michigan is in. I think West uh, Minnesota's in. I think Minnesota State is in, and uh, it, it's a toss-up between Denver and UMD. And fortunately, we will know that one first because that one is the first game, uh, first uh, regional final to be played. So I'll let you guys know what it's like uh, at the Loveland uh, Budweiser Event Center tomorrow. Nick, uh, get some rest because I know you still haven't had much rest. When are you flying back, by the way, now? It's a great question. You know, there's, you know, as the – the season now is officially in it for here for St. Cloud. You know, there's, you know, there's, there's now a shifting focus. Uh, you know, this is my last game as a student covering St. Cloud state, uh, you know, as far as, you know, the television radio and, you know, so many of the things I did. And, you know, I guess for lack of parting shots, but I do want to thank uh, Andrew Melro, the SID uh, head coach, Brett Larson, the custom coaches, Dave Shack, Nick Oliver and RJ Anga for, you know, allowing me to be so really, you know, intertwined with this program, you know, for, for all the television spots we did, the interviews we do, we do on Tuesday mornings, uh, and then some of the other features we did. There's still another feature I'm working on that will be, will kind of wrap a bow on my college career here. But, you know, at the end of it, uh, the focus now will shift to trying to get a full-time hockey gig. You know, I love the the play-by-play aspect of it. Um, so we're, we're, we're taking looks, uh, but the focus will now shift into, you know, life after St. Cloud State. It's it's a scary venture. Uh, but, it feels you know, weird, right? It feels weird, uh, honestly, uh, but, you know, I wouldn't be in this position, you know, had it been for the university, for the opportunities that the program and the broadcast school there at St. Cloud has, has given me. So I'm incredibly grateful for that opportunity and, uh, you know, much different position than I was back in, you know, I'd say, you know, let's go back to 2016 when uh, I was still writing for, you know, writing hockey stuff, but certainly didn't have the, the number of opportunities that I have in front of me. So it's been uh, a heck of a ride. Uh, it's, it's sad to, you know, to kind of leave this one behind, but um, yeah, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm excited and, you know, we're going to keep our eyes forward and go from there. Well done. We appreciate you coming on and, uh, and joining us. And uh, don't be a stranger because uh, we love having your uh, knowledge, experience, and that great voice whenever uh, whenever we can get it. So uh, we will talk to you soon. I don't know if you want to do uh, the rest of the, the weekends and what your schedule is like. I'm, you know my I'm number, all so. there. I am all there. So please okay. let me know. Okay. Well, then count it in. It'll be the three of us tomorrow night 
and uh, and Sunday night to get us into the Frozen Four, and then we'll take it from there. All right, but you understand that the time I got home tonight is going to be the same thing tomorrow, right? So <laughs> You'll be a little late. Go, you either have to go with Nick by just with just Nick, or you're going to have to wait to do the time same schedule tonight. We'll do the same. Well, well, we'll see what we do with. So um, we'll we'll plan on it tomorrow and see how things go. I'll let you guys know on that. So, okay. Um, all right, Paul, do you want to do the read or do you want me to play it? Uh, not play it. Um, you can play You're it. done? Actually, you're out? It. No, I'm not actually out. Actually, <laughs> I, don't want to hear, I don't want to hear my voice. I'll just read it. From the Summer okay. State Studios behind the masks, College Hockey Southwest Live on the Ice Time Hockey SW.com network is brought to you by Burrito Express. Homemade taste, takeout speed, six East Valley locations. Go to burritoexpress.com to find the one near you. Behind the mask, whether you use blades or wheels, whatever your hockey needs are, see our three Valley locations or behindthemask.com. Peterson Toyota, whether you're looking for your dream car or shopping on a budget, we take the time to find the perfect Toyota to fit your needs at 4455 South College Avenue in Fort Collins. Jesse Ray's Barbecue in Las Vegas, the best in barbecue Las Vegas style. Available at all Allegiant Stadium events and, of course, at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard. For the NCHC and NCHC.TV, subscribe to NCHC.TV and catch all of the action from the toughest conference in college hockey. Drury and Suites, now an official Disney World hotel. Book your stay now for travel starting this October at DruryHotels.com. Jets Pizza. Go to JetsPizza.com to find your fresh deal at your nearest Jets location today. Metro by T-Mobile. Get exclusive offers by becoming part of T-Mobile Tuesdays when you switch to Metro by T-Mobile. Top Golf. Play some of the world's most iconic golf courses without packing a suitcase. Find out how at your local Top Golf Center or go to topgolf.com. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos worldwide. It's where the action is in the resort or in town. And by M-Drive. Go to mdriveformen.com to see which M-Drive formula is for you. College Hockey Southwest Live, presented by Behind the Mask and all of the Ice Time HockeySW.com podcasts are live on the Podbean app and available for download at the iTunes Store, Google Play Store, Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, the iHeartRadio app, and on the TuneIn app. Ask Alexa to turn on your ITHSW podcasts. Behind the Mask College Hockey Southwest Live and all of our weekly podcasts are a part of the Ice Time HockeySW.com network. All right, well done, my friend. Nick, thanks again for uh, for joining us. I will text you and let you know what the game plan is for tomorrow. And, uh, Paul, same with you. Uh, take care of Charlie. It's his senior year, and that's number one, uh, family first. And uh, we'll go from there, and then uh, we'll rock on and see who ends up in Boston and, uh, and, and take it from there. So thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Uh, get some sleep, get some rest, and uh, let's see what happens tomorrow in Loveland. And um, – where are we going? Albany is the other spot. Albany. So. Albany. Yeah. Albany. 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 Whatever it is. Yeah, it's whatever. somewhere out east where they don't have any hockey teams. <laughs> uh, All right. Actually, whatever. We'll, we'll uh, talk good, about that. Good night. Yeah, good night, everybody.